There you go. <laughs> hey, good morning. It's it's truly great to see you and and thank you for those who are are joining online. It's it's good to be together because truly we are better together. If you did not get a shirt and you want one, they're inside the cafe. They're free of charge. Just get one and a big shout out to Pastor Matt's wife, uh, uh, Rebecca, she designed them. She picked out the colors. She did everything about it. So a, a big thank you to uh, Rebecca for designing the shirts. And once again, if you didn't get one, make sure you pick one up. And they're they're just free. Take them. Uh, would you join with me in Ephesians chapter one, verse five? Ephesians chapter one, verse five. Listen to the word of the Lord. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. Pastor Bonnie, if you could come real quick for a moment. Aren't you glad you're a part of his family? Well, back in the spring of 1970, can you, we're just going to go down memory lane for a moment. Back in 1970, Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote this song, Family of God. How many remember it? It was one of those songs that when it came out, it was sung and sung and sung every Sunday in churches and because we sang it every Sunday, people got tired of it. But what's really cool about it is the story behind the song. And when you realize why this song was written, all of a sudden, it's not old anymore. It becomes fresh every time I sing it. It was written for a young family Ron and Darlene Garner and their three children. That Saturday morning, the Saturday before Easter in 1970, Ron went off to work. And in the garage that he was working, there was a chemical explosion where the whole building was destroyed by fire. He was medevaced into a burn center where they did not think he would make it through the day and not even the night. Immediately, as the news got out, the church started their prayer chain. People started to pray on their own. People started to pray in small groups. The church became open and, and all through the day, all through the evening, all through the night, people were flooding to the church to, to pray for Ron and this young family, lifting up prayers to Jesus. On Easter morning, the pastor came to the pulpit and said they had just gotten news from the hospital that Ron had survived the first 24 hours and that he is responding the next uh, 24 are critical, that infection doesn't set in. And all of a sudden, there was just this outpouring of love 
where right in the middle of this Easter service, someone said, well, I think we need to take up an offering for them. And, and the pastor took up an offering for them. Other people started signing up meals. Other people started signing up for childcare. Other people started signing up for transportation to, to take Darlene to the hospital back and forth because it was such a distance. They set up a blood blank bank and people started donating blood. There was just such an outpouring of love and support for this family that on the way home on that Easter Sunday morning, Bill and Gloria Gaither were in the car and they were just overwhelmed. They couldn't even talk because of the support and the love of their church family there in Alexandria, Indiana. That evening, Bill Gaither sat at the piano and he started to write a song. He just started playing this little simple tune and he started putting words to it. And, and like a magnet, Gloria was drawn into that room and the two of them sat and finished this song. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. If you, if you know it, would you sing it? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. you glad you're part of his family this morning? I don't know about you, but I am. You see, we all long to belong to something. I don't know if you realize that, but as humans, we all long to belong to something. And that's why some people are members at clubs. That's why some people are members of different organizations. That's why some people are members at church. But we all long to, to, to be a member, to, to belong somewhere. A child prodigy, Basil Pascal, a French mathematician, um, a Catholic theologian, a writer, wrote this theory back in the early 1600s. And I'm sure that you've heard different variations of it. But he says, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied. Boy, we try to fill the void in our heart with many things, don't we? But Basil Pascal says, it cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the creator, made known through Jesus Christ. I know that many of you searched and longed for something for many years and you only found satisfaction, right Ed, when you came to the Lord Jesus Christ and you gave your heart to him. And that's what the church is. We, we were created for community. We were created to be a community that would live throughout eternity through our new life found in Jesus Christ Despite our different backgrounds, despite our different opinions, despite our different beliefs, despite our different political parties, we come together as a community united in Jesus Christ and he makes us one. 
And as I've been saying throughout this whole pandemic, that which unites us is greater than anything that can divide us. And we are truly better together as we celebrate new life in Jesus Christ together as a community. And that's what the church is all about. That's why we value people. That's why we value the local church. That's why we value missions. We as a church value missions because of the great commission that God told us to go into all the world, to go into all the nations, and to preach the gospel. Hey, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we have New Jersey's newest missionary. He's never done a mission service. He's 20 years old. He's a male. His name is Cameron Ryan. Cameron Ryan. Yeah, I always, I always call him Ryan Cameron, but his name is Cameron Ryan. He's going to Costa Rica to work with Child Hope Ministries, and he'll be with us Wednesday night for his very first mission service. I, I trust that as we value missions, you, you would make it an opportunity if you're available to come out Wednesday night at seven o'clock just to support him. We value the local church. Why do we value the local church? Because it's the vehicle God uses to fulfill the Great Commission. But we know that without people, the church is just a building. That's why we value people. We value people who have given their hearts to Jesus Christ. We value people who need to give their hearts to Jesus Christ. I love uh, the theme of, of Star Radio. Love God, love people. We are in the people business because we were created for community because we are better together. Luke records the history of the early church in the book of Acts. Look at this. Verse 41, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. After Peter got done preaching that day, and what was his message? What was Peter's message? Repent! Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to the number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with all and many wonders at the miraculous signs that were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling the possessions and giving and goods as they gave to everyone as he had need. Every day... They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What a powerful description of the early church. In fact, it's noted in the book of Acts that, that the early church there started with just 120 people in the upper room. And it's noted that at the end of chapter, uh, in the end of the book of Acts, that there's noted to be over 200,000 people in the church. What a wonderful explosion. You know, I, I guess the the, the word we would use today is the message went viral. 
But let's begin. What took place first there in verse 41? Those who accepted the message. Those who believed. Those who repented. Those who gave their lives to Jesus Christ. It says that they were baptized. Tonight, if you're available, come wear a shirt. Join us on the, the beach of Avon as, as we baptize those who want to make a public declaration of an inward change. The inward change that comes in their heart. They want to make a public declaration that they are believers and identify with Christ's death, death burial, and resurrection. Please note something here. It says those who accepted the message were what? Baptized. As I thought about that, I, I thought about my life. That as a baby, my parents had me baptized in the Presbyterian church. But was that my choice? That was not my choice. That was their choice. And literally, they just did that out of tradition. Nowhere in the Bible, to my knowledge, do we see infants baptized. That's why in our faith community, we dedicate children. And if you've never seen a children dedication, a child dedication service, next week, Danielle, where are you? We're dedicating, we call him Joseph, we call him Joey now? Joey Feckety. We're going we're gonna to dedicate jo Joey Feckety to the, to the Lord. And it's really a, a dedication of parents that Joe, uh, Danielle and Joe are going to dedicate themselves to raising that child for the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in 1976, I was 16 years old, I'd given my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believed the message. And the Bible says, believe and be baptized. It's, it's a command. And in following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ at 16 years old, I stepped down into that pool and Pastor Bill Wanless immersed me in water identifying with his death, Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we're going to celebrate that tonight. I trust that you can be a part of it. And, and if you're here and, and maybe there's a stirring in your heart, you, you say, I, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I'm born again. I've given my heart to Jesus Christ. And, and I want to identify myself today, tonight, with the inward change that has taken place in my life. I don't want to make it public. If, if you want to be baptized, see me after the service and, and it's not too late to sign up. So those who were baptized, what did they do? Did they go back to their old life? Those who were immersed into this new life, did, did they just go back to their communities, to, to the way of old life? No, in verse 42, what do we read? They devoted. You know what that word means? Committed. Dedicated. They were committed. They were dedicated. They devoted themselves to learning about this new life. To the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. They committed themselves to connecting with their new community that they were baptized in. In the summer of 1976, after being baptized, every Monday night I, I joined a group of other young people in a Bible study 
at the home of the Fishers. And every Monday night, we go up to Long Valley, New Jersey to this Bible study that it was just an explosion of young people that gave their heart to the Lord in that community. And, and it was a, 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 a youth-led Bible study. And, and that's when I started to learn. That fall, I, I went back to high school. And as a junior, I went into the principal's office and said, I want to start a Bible club. We started a Bible club. That spring, I became involved in an interdenominational singing group called the Fishers of Men. Can I say something? Thank God for Christian community. It was a year later in the Fishers of Men that I met Heather. God bless for Christian fellowship. There's something about community with fellowshipping with other believers that you learn to grow and, and they devoted themselves to fellowship, which leads me to my first point. And, and maybe in your insert you're saying, hey, I only see you have two points. Are you feeling okay? Did you leave one out? No, it's only two points this morning. Connecting. Connecting is not simply found it's formed. There's this myth that community is found. There's this utopia that if I keep searching, I'll find the perfect church. I'll find the perfect fellowship. I'll find the perfect community. And that's why people go from one church to another church to another church to another church, always trying to find the perfect church. But how many know where there's people, there's not going to be perfection? Community is not something you find. It's something you form. It's not something you discover. It's something you develop. I found this quote this week by the pastor down in Mecklenburg Community Church down in Charlotte, North Carolina, Dr. James Emery White. And, and, and I've been thinking about this. This is a very profound. All relationships of worth. All relationships relationships of worth are products of labor. Think about that. All relationships of worth are products of labor, are products that you have to work at. Now, I know some of you may show me your cell phone. You can say, hey, look at all my connections here on my phone. Look, look at my Facebook friends. Well, that, that's a list. But are they truly friends? Because I know something. Hey, I love my wife. We've been married now for 39 years. But can I tell you something? It takes work to develop relationships. It just doesn't happen. Connecting is not simply found. It's formed. It's developed. And here we see what did that early church do? They devoted. They were dedicated. They committed. Verse 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. And they ate together. Which brings me to my second point. Connection. Community. Involves gathering in large groups. And in small groups. It involves both large communal and small relational. 
Jesus modeled this for us, if you think about it. Jesus modeled this very example by choosing 12 disciples. But even in that small group, he had an inner circle of three, Peter, James, and John. But yet, we also read of how his ministry was public among large groups and in the temple. So Jesus modeled both public gatherings. There, there's something powerful about corporate worship. There's, there's something powerful when we all get together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's also something special where there's just three or four sitting down sharing a meal. The disciples modeled this. In Acts chapter 5, verse 42, it says, they met day after day in the temple courts and also from house to house, large and small. Paul modeled this in Acts 20, 20. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly. Paul says, I've taught you publicly, and I've taught you house to house. The Greek word there for house is oikia. And oikia is found in the New Testament 99 times. Nine times in the book of Acts. Oikia refers to house groups that met together in homes. Pastor Matt said it this morning, and he has a great quote. I, I really need to attribute this quote to him in your order of service. He, he says, we learn in rows. We learn in rows, but we grow in circles. Small groups. As we launch our small groups next week, let me just give you a couple interesting things about small groups. Small groups is a place where you can connect. You connect with one another. It's a place of protection. It's a place to be protected. And it's a place to grow. You connect with one another. It's hard to connect with one another on a Sunday morning. But maybe through walking around Manasquan, joining Pastor Bonnie's walk group, boy, you'll get to connect with someone that you haven't known before. It's a place of protection. What do you mean a place of protection? How can a small group be a place of protection? When Jesus sent out his disciples, did he send them out alone? He sent them out two by two. When Jesus went off to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, did he go alone? He took his inner circle with him. There's something that's very key here that we all need to learn. One of the dangers is to isolate yourself. Because when you isolate yourself from the body of Christ. When you isolate yourself from one another, do you know what that makes you? A prey. Have you ever watched National Geographic? When a lion seeks prey, what does he do? 
he finds one that has been isolated from the pack. We know that there's a scripture that says that the enemy roars around like a roaring lion looking whom he may devour. And who is he looking for? He's looking for those who have isolated themselves. That's where a small group becomes a place of protection. It becomes a place to grow like iron sharpens irons. You know what this says to me? We, we need one another. As iron sharpens irons, as we can keep one another accountable, as we can connect in small groups, we need to be a part. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You know, some of you are thinking, Pastor, I'm too old to develop a new relationship. But you never know what someone else may speak into your life about. You know what's so, so interesting a lot of you never get to see this. But literally, the last ones to leave on Sunday mornings, the last group of people to leave on Sunday mornings are our young adults. Our young adults will hang around for another 45 minutes after church is over. Why? Because they just long for fellowship and to be with one another. And then I know there are younger adults who are married, who have kids, who have careers, and, and their life is just so busy. But you know what's so cool now? COVID has proven that we are better together through Zoom. We can connect through Zoom. And that's some of our small groups will meet through Zoom. Some will meet in person. I trust that as we continue to meet as a corporate body, we continue to learn in rows, but in order to grow, you got to fellowship. You got to be a part of a small group and learn. Whether it's a Wednesday night where you can ask questions, or whether it's walking around Manasquan, or whether it's a Zoom meeting, or whether it's meeting with the Maloney's Zoom group, uh, there, there's something powerful about community. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, and we close. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. Let us not, let us not, let us consider. Let us consider. Let us think about how we may spur, how may we encourage one another towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together but in corporate worship, in small groups, through phone conversations, through walks in the park. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And can I add, despite our opinions, despite our political parties, despite our own weird thinking sometimes, let us encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. You know what that day is? That day that is approaching is the coming of the Lord. I, listen, it has been one weird year. One weird year. And then on top of everything, 
Wednesday morning at two o'clock in the morning to be woken up with this big boom and the ground shakes. And literally just about two miles from my house was the epicenter to the earthquake. I'm thinking, COVID, earthquake, what do they talk, those, those locuses that have, I mean, there's just so many, I'm thinking, man, there's only one more thing that could happen. And that's the blowing of the trumpets in the clouds. Well, there's no clouds today. Wasn't this supposed to be a cloudy, overcast day? I don't know what happened. I know Don and Priscilla are on the way up here. They had downpour rain from Bayville up to 195. They said it was just pouring rain. And God gives us this beauty day, beautiful day. Hey, I trust that you will begin to realize that that which unites us, the Lord Jesus Christ, is greater than anything that can divide us. And we truly are better together. I trust that you will seek small groups, relational groups, where you can grow together as the body of Christ. And once again, hey, if, if you haven't been baptized and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you've never experienced a believer baptism where you were immersed, hey, see me, we'd love to baptize you tonight. And I'll tell you what, I can't wait to be out on the beach because we are better together to rejoice with those who are being baptized. That's something we need to celebrate tonight. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, thank you that all throughout the last few months, you have just been putting on my heart that despite our differences, despite our opinions, let us focus on that which is greater, that which unites us, the Lord Jesus Christ because we are better together and Lord I pray that you would lay upon people to next week sign up for small groups to be a part of that what's happening and and maybe even to form their own group to talk to Pastor Matt God thank you for what you're doing in our midst thank you for the beauty of this day and thank you that we're going to be able to celebrate with those who are identifying themselves with your death, your burial, and your resurrection through a believer's baptism of immersion this night. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you join Pastor Bonnie in closing? Your love is deeper than any ocean higher than the heavens reaches beyond the stars in the sky sing your love is deeper your love is deeper than any ocean stars in the sky Jesus your love has no bounds Jesus your love has no bounds Jesus your love has no bounds
God bless you. See you tonight. If you need a t-shirt, pick one up inside. If you're able to come to the annual business meeting, please come under the blue tent and sign that you're going to be there. We need to make sure that we have at least 77 people at our annual business meeting. So if you're going to be there, make sure you sign up. Thank you.